0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 402. looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Let's read our passage. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as indeed you are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us observe the feast, not with the old leaven or with the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. This is Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth. He's dealing with problems that they're having. He's been dealing with the divisions of people trying to align with different leaders, people trying to puff themselves up. He's dealt with the challenge of their love of human wisdom. He's been challenging them turning to the wisdom of God. He's dealt with their problem with him as an apostle and advocated his own position as an apostle. Now he's dealing with sin in the church. Last time we started in chapter 5 where he talked about this sexual immorality that's in the church that's not even tolerated amongst the gentiles. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. And he says, this is wrong. I know it's wrong from here. And you guys need to come together and throw this guy out of the church and deal with the problem. He's continuing the explanation of that here in verse 6. He says, your boasting is not good. Well, back in verse 2, he said, okay, you've got this sin and you are arrogant. And the word arrogant could be translated as proud or puffed up. So you guys seem to be proud of your stance with this sin, that you're either celebrating it or just not dealing with it, and you're proud of that fact. You guys should be grief-stricken, he said. So your boasting is not good. Now notice that this, he doesn't really condemn the man so much. What he's more concerned with is the community, the church itself. People are going to commit serious sin in the church. You don't like it, but the fact that nothing's being done about it. You would like for someone to go to him and try and restore him to a good standing, but that's not being done. And if someone will not be restored, then you have no choice but to remove them from the church. So his concern is the church itself that it's not dealing with this. He's outraged by the man's behavior, but he's more concerned about the church and their attitude about it. So verse 6, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough? Now this is not a scriptural saying, but it's a proverbial saying. Not to say it's a proverb out of the book of Proverbs, but a proverb is a type of saying. The book of Proverbs is a collection of Proverbs, Biblical Proverbs, but a proverb is a wise saying. So this is pretty much like saying, a bad apple spoils the whole barrel. That's a proverbial saying. And that's what he's saying here, this this is a common saying in their society, a little leaven, leavens the whole batch of dough. Now, leaven, we often just associate it with yeast, but... Yeast itself didn't really exist at this point in time. Yeast is a type of leaven. There's a lot of leavening agents, and leaven is both a noun and a verb. You put leaven in bread to leaven it, and the English word leaven comes from an old English word for level. Otherwise, the bread is rising. The bread rises because of the gases produced by the fermentation process. And it doesn't take a lot of this leavened dough to cause it to happen. If you just normally make bread dough and let it sit, it will eventually just gather little bits of bacteria and fungus from the air and start to rise. In effect, it's really rotting. But it will create the uh, gas bubbles, which will cause the bread to rise when it's cooked. Or you can speed up the process. By taking a little bit of yesterday's dough, and it's already spoiled by today, but you add it to today's dough, and it speeds up this fermentation process because the the bacteria and fungus that is in this yesterday's dough, just a little bit of it, will spread throughout the today's dough. So it doesn't take much, hence the saying, A little bit of leaven leavens the whole batch of dough. Verse 7, clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as indeed you are. The Old Testament often, and the New Testament, both refer to sin using the motif of leaven because this idea of it spreading, a little bit of it just continues, spreads through everything. And if you view it as a, a contaminant, just a little bit of this contamination will contaminate everything. Hence the proverbial saying, a little leaven leavens the whole batch. So this sin that's not being dealt with in the church will corrupt the entire church. And so he says, clean out the old leaven so that you may be a un- new unleavened batch, as indeed you are. Now, the way he's speaking here is, he say, clean out the sin. So that you can be free of sin, but you're really already freed from sin in Christ. So in some ways, he's kind of saying become what you already are. You are freed from sin in Christ, but there's still sin to be dealt with. So deal with the sin so that you can actually be what Christ has already made you that is free of sin. And this new unleavened batch, this is the theme of the Feast of Unleavened Bread at Passover each year in the Jewish calendar. And so he immediately jumps into that thought. He says, for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. The Passover is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Well, that's the whole reason that you are free from sin is because of the sacrifice of Christ. Now, the Feast of Unleavened Bread goes back to the Passover as the Israelites were brought out of Egypt by Moses under the protection of God. And the Passover was the death of the firstborn. And they were told to celebrate this Passover meal and to clean out all the leaven from their homes. And the, the theme of this, the picture being painted, was one they were supposed to be dressed, ready to go for this meal. There wasn't time for bread to rise. So there was no leavened bread was to be consumed. And then part of the annual observance of that was every year to clean out all the leaven from the household, start with a new unleavened batch of bread. It will naturally pick up mold and bacteria from the air. And then you will restart the process of uh, contaminating every day's bread dough with yesterday's leftover bread dough, but that's the the imagery he's using here, and the idea being that sin is like leaven. It just keeps contaminating, so seriously clean it out like you do for the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, so you can start over with a pure loaf of bread. So, Verse 8, therefore let us observe the feast, not with the old leaven or with the leaven of malice and evil, with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. But the challenge to them is deal with the sin in the church. It's not just one guy. This is going to corrupt the entire church. Because if you don't deal with sin, well, the reason you wouldn't deal with sin is because you don't take sin seriously. and You've got to take sin seriously. But what, I In mean, Christ, I've been forgiven of sin. Yes, but sin still affects your relationship with God. Sin comes between you and God, and you may be forgiven of sin, and yeah, you're going to go to heaven, but you're grieving the Holy Spirit as you live in sin, and don't deal with sin, and don't take sin seriously. So the challenge, deal with it. Take the sin seriously. Clean out this leaven so that you can start with this new loaf of unleavened bread. Well, this raises the issue, the contemporary issue for us, of church discipline. We often look to Matthew 18 as the model there, and that is a, a method to deal with sin, where one person talks to the person who's caught in sin, and again, the goal is restoration. But if that doesn't work, the person says, no, I will not repent, go back with others, and address the guy. It's not necessarily an event. Go to him once, go back with two others. It could be a season. You talk to this person over a period of time and realize you're not getting anywhere. So you involve others and talk with the person over a period of time, and it doesn't seem to go anywhere. And that's where Jesus said, then take it to the church. And if the person still will not repent, cast them out of the church. says, treat them like an unbeliever. And this is the whole issue with church discipline. What it comes down to is it's not a matter of style and preferences. This is a matter of blatant sin and challenging someone to deal with the blatant sin. What you want them to do is deal with the sin, to repent and be restored. That's always the goal of church discipline. But if somebody is stiff-arming the Word of God, the authority of God and say, I will not follow the word of God. I refuse to acknowledge the authority of God in my life. They're essentially acting like an unbeliever. And the message of Matthew 18 and here in 1 Corinthians is, then treat them like an unbeliever. Says nothing about their salvation, because that's one of the things that we can't judge. That's something for God to judge, their salvation. All we can judge is their behavior. And if somebody's caught in sin and refuses to repent, then you have to say, then we have to treat you like an unbeliever, which means you can't be part of this church. When we baptize someone that doesn't prove their salvation, what that says is as a church, we endorse this person's proclamation of faith. This person says they have faith. We believe them and we endorse it publicly through the act of baptism. Church discipline is where the church then says we rescind that public endorsement of this person's faith, because they're not acting like a believer, so we can't treat them like a believer. They're not part of our fellowship anymore, because the fellowship of the church is believers. So if they're not going to act like a believer, we can't treat them like a believer. So that's the... To deal with church discipline these days, and this is the good explanation for it. Paul gives here of dealing with a guy who's caught in sin, who's living unrepentant in sin. Deal with it, because if you don't deal with it, it will corrupt the entire church, just like a little bit of leaven leavens the entire batch of bread. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as so we continue working through 1 Corinthians.